0: Chapters three and four of a study of army life during American Revolution by Mary Hazel Snuff. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter three: Health and Sanitation. The health of the soldier was not entirely forgotten those in authority made an attempt to prevent or at least to lessen the pain and suffering of those who were taken sick or were wounded in army service but often the measures of prevention instituted the methods of checking contagion and the means of alienating pain were of the crudest sort and to us of the twentieth century they seem almost inhuman it must be remembered that not even our simple remedies of to-day were known then not to mention our modern methods of combating disease the continental congress thought of that phase of army conditions and on july twenty five seventeen seventy five the following provisions were made for an army of twenty thousand men a hospital was to be established under the direction of a director-general his salary was to be four dollars per day he was to superintend the whole furnish the medicines and bedding and make a report to and receive orders from the commander-in-chief under the director there were to be four surgeons one apothecary and twenty surgeon's mates each receiving two-thirds of a dollar per day whose duty it was to visit and attend the sick there was also to be a matron who had under her direction the nurses one for every ten six soldiers then in july 1776 the resolution was passed that the number of hospital surgeons and mates was to be increased in proportion to the increase in size of the army not to exceed one surgeon and five mates to every five thousand men and to be reduced as the army was reduced dr church was appointed by congress as director but before october fourteenth seventy seventy five, he had been taken into custody for holding correspondence with the enemy and on october seventeenth seventeen seventy five dr morgan was elected in his stead but even after the new director was appointed there was still room for complaint for washington wrote to congress i am amazed to hear the complaints of the hospital on the east side of hudson's river i will not pretend to point out the causes but i know matters have been strangely conducted in the medical line i hope your new appointment when it is made will make the necessary reform in the hospital and that i shall not be shocked with the complaints and looks of poor creatures perishing for want of proper care either in the regimental or hospital surgeons congress had made several attempts to organize the hospitals and in july seventeen seventy six resolutions had been passed which defined more fully the duties of the various officials both of the departmental and the regimental hospitals there was to be a director and under him the directors of the various departmental hospitals but since there were only a few departmental hospitals and those few often a long distance from the scene of battle it became necessary to have branch hospitals or regimental hospitals at the head of those were persons known as regimental surgeons who were to make reports of expenses and lists of the sick to the director of the departmental hospital and receive supplies from him the plan was then that the soldiers were to be cared for by the regimental surgeon as long as it was possible and then they were to be sent to the departmental hospital for further care these two systems seemed to interfere with each other's work and there was always jealousy existing between the director of the general hospital and the surgeons of the regiment there will be nothing but continued complaints of each other the director of the hospital charging them with enormity in their drafts for the sick and they him with the same for denying such things as are necessary in short there is a constant bickering among them which tends greatly to the injury of the sick the regimental surgeons are aiming i am persuaded to break up the general hospital the two most representative departmental hospitals were it might be said at bethlehem and sunbury but there were others at redding Liddits, and afrata bethlehem was a moravian village and was in the midst of military affairs almost continually from seventeen seventy five to seventeen eighty one in fact it was twice the seat of a hospital on december three seventeen seventy six an order was sent to the committee of the town of bethlehem as follows gentlemen according to his excellency general washington's orders the general hospital of the army is removed to bethlehem and you will do the greatest act of humanity by immediately providing proper buildings for their reception the largest and most capacious will be the most convenient i doubt not gentlemen but you will act upon this occasion as becomes men and christians it was by the above process that the little peace-loving village of bethlehem and many others like it were thrown into confusion and dwelling-houses or other buildings were turned into hospitals the men began to play the part of nurses to help care for the sick and dying sent from camp and the women prepared lint and bandages the buildings which under ordinary circumstances could accommodate about two hundred were made to accommodate five or six hundred the housing accommodations of the regimental hospitals were even more varied for they were housed in anything from a capital building to a long hut including private homes church barns and courthouses, depending upon what happened to be near the camp a hut or group of huts were sometimes built for the purpose in or near the camp they were built in a manner similar to the dwelling huts only larger with furnishings as meagre straw for the bed tells the tale of equipment but the hospitals were of little value if they were not able physicians and antiseptics and anaesthetics were almost unknown besides the lack of skill and proper medicine and instruments for some of the instruments described are almost inconceivable there was a lack of cleanliness in conducting the operations for that was not insisted upon then as it is today. of hospital methods dr waldo wrote december twenty five seventeen seventy seven but we treat them differently from what they used to be at home under the inspection of old women and doctors we give them mutton and grog and avoid pudding pills and powders this perhaps was a little extreme but it at least reflects the conditions thatcher described the awful conditions in which soldiers came to the hospital with wounds covered with putrefied blood and full of maggots which were destroyed by the application of tincture of myrrh director-general shippen in explaining the causes of the mortality among the soldiers attributed it to the want of clothing and covering necessary to keep the soldiers clean and warm articles at that time not procurable in the country partly from an army being composed of raw men unused to camp life and undisciplined exposed to great hardships and from the sick and wounded being removed great distances in open wagons as to the kind of diseases most prevalent and the number in the hospitals because of sickness in proportion to those there because of injuries some idea can be formed from the hospital reports sent in weekly from the departmental hospitals although some of the diseases listed in the reports are unknown to us now and there is no way of knowing what the proportion the sick was of the entire army in that section however the returns do state the number sick during the various seasons and show in which season of the year there was the most sickness the following are the returns from the sunbury hospital for the four seasons of the year spring summer fall and winter march six to thirteen seventeen eighty wounded four dysenteria one diarrhoea zero rheumatism two ophthalmia one asthma one ulcers one total ten july thirteen to september twenty two seventeen seventy nine pleurisy zero parent two Angina one, rheumatism fourteen, bilious fever eight, intermittent fever zero, putrid fever zero, dysentery nineteen, diarrhea eleven, gravel twelve, cough and consumption four, hernia five, lues fourteen, epilepsy two, itch two, ulcers nine, wounded thirty-three, total a hundred and twenty-six. November one to seven, seventeen seventy nine, dysentery five, diarrhea two, rheumatics two, intermit two, b remit five, asthma one, ophthalmia two, ulcers two, wounded eleven, total thirty. January twenty four to thirty one, seventeen eighty wounded six intermitting fever zero dysenteria one diarrhea one asthma one ophthalmia one rheumatism three ulcers two total fifteen if the above tables are any index at all, the most dangerous season was summer, in spite of the crowded, unsanitary conditions of the winter quarters. They also show that the number in hospitals due to sickness was larger than the number due to injuries received in battle. Smallpox was one of the most dreaded of all the diseases, mostly because there were few ways of combating the disease inoculation was only slightly known and there was some opposition to it even sermons were preached on the question it was so much discussed the british knew the new england people were especially opposed to it and were known to send out spies to spread the disease in the american camp which shreve wrote killed more yankees than they did the disease was especially serious in the northern army causing greater dread than the enemy thatcher in his military journal emphasizes another disease which caused a great deal of suffering but strange to say there was only one remedy for it and that was a furlough for the disease was homesickness in reality that was a fact which caused anxious moments for general washington for the men were continually trying to bribe the physicians to declare that they were unfit for duty other provisions were made for the health of the soldiers besides the establishment of hospitals the others were along the line of prevention such as keeping the tents and huts clean and dry the careful preparation of food the washing of clothes caring for refuse and the soldier's own personal cleanliness chapter four recreation in camp if there must be a certain proportion of work and play in everyone's life to make for efficiency then the soldier of the revolutionary war was far below normal in the scale of efficiency for recreation in any organized form is found to have been entirely lacking but before too severe a judgment is placed upon this lack of recreation the conditions the soldier left at home must be studied recreation as such had not been a part of his daily routine It has been estimated that nine-tenths of the people lived in rural districts, leaving only one-tenth for the cities, an estimate which no doubt is true. The people had never thought of the problems of bad housing, congestion, or recreation. They had had the whole of nature for their home, and the whole of the frontier to wrestle with. Speaking of the people a generation or two later, Dr. F. L. Paxson says in The Rise of Sport, The fathers of this generation had been sober lot, unable to bend, without breaking, living a life of rigid and puritanical decorum, interspersed perhaps with disease and drunkenness, but unenlivened for most of them by spontaneous play. Thus, in studying the life of the soldier at home, before he went into the army camp, even the slightest traces of twentieth-century recreation are found to have been lacking but that does not mean that those people never forgot their work it would be hard to find a more hospitable group they were never too busy to entertain there was the occasional jollification with rum or beer the card-party the ball the concert the theatre and of a more rural type the picnic and the corn husking the conditions in camp were different than those at home the problems of bad housing congestion and recreation were then factors to be considered there was the small unsanitary and poorly ventilated hut with twelve to sixteen men and sometimes even more crowded into it when the troops first went into winter quarters there was plenty to do in the way of exercise for there were logs to cut and huts to build but those were soon completed and the men were crowded together with nothing to do something had to happen the monotony of the dreary days had to be broken this was brought about in several ways often the punishments ordered by the court-martial were administered publicly in camp just to enliven the common routine when a man was sentenced to death but had been pardoned by those in charge the force of going through the punishment was carried out the condemned man was brought to the side of his newly dug grave he was bound and blindfolded the firing party got in position the firelock even snapped and as might have been expected the culprit sometimes died of the shock the hanging of a man was a gala day in camp and the place of hanging was almost as popular as an amusement park of to-day five soldiers were conducted to the gallows according to their sentences for the crimes of desertion and robbing the inhabitants a detachment of troops and a concourse of people formed a circle around the gallows and the criminal were brought in on a cart sitting on their coffins and halters about their necks it was frequently stated in the sentence given by court-martial that the punishment whatever it was riding the wooden horse riding the rail receiving the biblical thirty-nine lashes or running the gauntlet was to take place at some time when all the soldiers were together as at the beating of the retreat or at the head of the regiment punishments ordered by court-martial in that way served two purposes they furnished amusement for the soldiers at the same time the purpose for which they were intended that of making an example of the misbehavior of one of the soldiers while the virginia riflemen were in camp at the siege of boston there was a practice which served both as a source of amusement and as a display of marksmanship there were two brothers one of whom would place a board five inches wide and seven inches long with a bit of white paper in the middle of it about the size of a dollar between his knees while the other one at about sixty yards distance would shoot eight bullets through it without injuring the brother the duel was another common practice which seemed to furnish amusement besides deciding the honor of some individual Hunting, too, was a means of cheering the dreary days, but this, too, was often killing two birds with one stone. For often the soldiers went hunting to provide the regular rations, but at other times it was done just for the sake of the sport to be found in it. The following is taken from a New York paper of December 12, 1785. A Fox Hunt the gentlemen of the army with a number of the most respectable inhabitants of ulster and orange purpose a fox-hunt on the twenty-third day of this instant to which all gentlemen are invited with their hounds and their horses the game is plenty and it is hoped the sport will be pleasant along with the hunting frays went fishing and nutting trips which added a little variety to the ordinary camp scenes there were several days celebrated by the americans at that time which meant a holiday for the soldier with perhaps an extra allowance of rum or meat some of those days were christmas thanksgiving fourth of july may day commemoration of the french alliance or a celebration following a victory the celebration usually consisted of a parade a sermon by the chaplain followed by a banquet and perhaps a dance for the officers and extra rations for the privates another celebration mentioned by several diaries and one which seemed to be a joyful occasion was as one writer said and we converted the evening to celebrate as usual wives and sweethearts which we do in plenty of grog there were a few games which served to shorten some of the long dreary days for the soldier some of them were fives shinny goal ball and a kind of football no description of the above games has been found but to judge by the context they were all outdoor games the diversions discussed so far in this chapter have all been outdoor games but the real test came when the soldiers were crowded into the huts during the winter months with nothing to think of but their own miserable conditions since no one had thought of organizing the soldiers leisure time he had to invent something for himself the first things thought of naturally were the amusements which had existed at home card playing came to his mind but in the army the game of cards or any other game of chance was absolutely forbidden by order of congress and the commander-in-chief any officer non-commissioned officers or soldiers who shall hereafter be detected playing at tossup pitch and hustle or any other games of chance in or near the camp or villages boarding on the encampment shall without delay be confined and punished for disobedience of orders the general does not mean by the above order to discourage sports of exercise and recreation he only means to discontinuance and punish gaming in another order washington said men may find enough to do in the service of their god and their country without abandoning themselves to vice and immorality dancing had been another form of entertainment at home but that too was usually impossible because of a lack of room that was especially true at valley forge and other camps but at morristown however a large room in the commissariat storehouse was reserved for dancing lodge meetings and the like for the masons had chapters in the army camps at home the soldier had also had his friends and dinner parties now he had soldier friends but the only way for him to keep in touch with former friends was by letters and that was a very irregular and uncertain way for mail could only be sent from camp or brought to camp when some one was going home on a furlough or new recruits were coming into camp the nearest the soldier came to his social dinner and evening at home was the rallies from barracks to barracks when everybody who could sing sang as for the officers in camp their leisure time was better provided for they lived in better quarters generally at least larger ones they too had the advantage of being entertained at the homes of the people living in the vicinity of the camp even if one's imagination must be drawn upon in order to make the recreation of the private seem recreational at least there was a side of camp life which presented a more pleasant picture if our forefathers bled and suffered they also danced and feasted the letters and diaries of the young officers tell of the gaiety of the war even in midst of the gloom at valley forge there was drinking from cabin to cabin and dinners in honor of visiting foreigners no sooner was the army in winter quarters than the ladies began to appear for mrs washington mrs green and mrs knox made it a practice to spend the winters with their husbands mrs washington was in the habit of saying that she always heard the last cannon fired in the fall and the first one in the spring as soon as the wives appeared the gaiety began among the families of the officers the dinner was the favorite method of bringing the families together general Green and his lady present their compliments to colonel knox and his lady and should be glad for their company to-morrow at dinner at two o'clock often the dinners were in name rather than in reality for officers and privates suffered alike when food was scarce but the social time did not depend entirely upon the supply of food one such dinner is described as having been potatoes with beechnuts for dessert the usual round of pleasure for the officers was dancing dinners teas sleighing parties horseback parties or the celebration of some day or event of the dance general greene wrote on march nineteenth seventeen seventy nine we had a little dance at my quarters a few evenings past his excellency and mrs green danced three hours without one sitting down upon the whole we had a pretty little frisk another such affair is described as follows there were subscription balls in the commissary storehouse at which washington in black velvet the foreign commanders in all their gold lace general steuben being particularly resplendent and the ladies in powdered hair stiff brocades and high heels made a brilliant company in the large it can be said that the recreation of the american soldier during the revolutionary war was invented to supply the need felt rather than an institution thought out before some of the practices would hardly be classed as recreation but they helped to break the monotony and that was the object desired whether it was by enjoying a fellow-soldier's punishment or playing an innocent game of ball chapters three and four